Welcome to Not the Highlight Reel. <laughs> um, this is a brand new business podcast. This is Not Your Mama's Business Podcast, where we talk about the real, real what it takes to be an entrepreneur. I am Jessica, CEO, founder of Harlem Chocolate Factory, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, general hustler. And this is. And I'm Melissa. Founder and CEO of the Bark Shop, and this is not the highlight reel. Wait, wait. let's take a second. Why did you immediately go into hugging yourself like a child left in the middle of a tornado? What is going on? I'm just so excited. I'm excited to be back and talk. Are you making fun of me? I'm corny, guys. I'm not making fun of you. I'm not making fun of you. That was just like you walked into Disney World. (laughs) (laughs) It was given very much. uh, What was that? Home Alone. <laughs> no, I'm very I'm excited, sorry. you know. Uh, so actually on this day in 2017 is actually when I hosted the Entrepreneur Welcome to anyone that's going to be a business owner or any of that stuff. Facebook just gave me the reminder. So that's why I was oh like, oh, God, this it's is our so anniversary. Cool. It's our anniversary. Oh, my God, it's our anniversary. Okay, so after this, we go to get drinks. It's our anniversary. So if you don't know, Melissa and I met during this event. She was hosting this event. I was trying to start my business. I had, um, well, I had already started it. I was like, it was like an after work kind of side hustle uh, with Harlem Chocolate Factory, just going in. I was working in the incubator kitchen and I needed to grow. And I found a uh, production space in Harlem, but... I mean, I've been through so many ups and downs with even just finding the space. Then I saw, I don't know if somebody sent me the post. I don't know how I saw it. We just going to give it up to God because somebody sent me that post or somebody, I think maybe somebody we know, you know, it's Harlem, the South Bronx, everybody know each other, you know what I'm saying? Or somebody posted it and I saw it and I was like, yo, let me just go. And I honestly hadn't been to any networking events that weren't done by like big brands and stuff. And so I was like, well, on it, I I don't know what you had put up, but it was something like, you know, ask questions and, you know, yeah. hear from a real life entrepreneur. Yes, I have put this whole, I looked at the post and was like, oh, I was completely crazy. I put my telephone number, everything. Um, but I put a post up that was like, you know, <laughs> If you're a business owner, or you're looking to become an entrepreneur. I had just completed a Columbia Community Business Program. I had so much insight. I had been open for five years, and I was like, I'm going to be hosting. At the time, it was called Poor Prince Harlem. Please, you're more than welcome to come. You can text my phone with questions that you want to have answered. And I just put it out there on Facebook. And I was like, I looked at the post. I was like, I put my number and everything. I was like, text me. Like... <laughs> You know, but I think that just speaks to who I am and how I am in all of my relationships. Like, I'm willing to help. I'm always looking for everyone to be better. So, yeah, it's our anniversary. Yo, when I tell you, I mean, it was just literally divine timing because all of my, like, uh, a lot of my mentors, I think sometimes what happens is, like, they're so far ahead. Like, the minute details of, 
what it takes to go through these kind of smaller transitions, right? Like they're there, they can get in the weeds around like, all right, when you got to start raising money and all of this thing. And I'm like, but the feelings, right? And like these little tiny, and my network wasn't even big. I think most of my advisors like worked at the New York City Small Business Solutions, maybe different people. I had also a reference at like the Columbia SBDC. And you know, these these people are like mentoring me and they're, well, advisors mostly, but no one who was like offering like, child, I need somewhere to go and say like, how, the the actual how, like, I figured out the what to do, but the the how. And when I saw that, it was just like divine timing. I was about to sign this lease and I just was so damn nervous. I had just lost my job. Um, and I, I, I mean, I didn't lose it as much as I had to walk away because I had no childcare. And if you ever been to New York and looked at the childcare prices, because them people wanted $1,200 a week for them two knuckleheads and I wouldn't even pay myself $1,200 a week to watch my own kids. So that's insane. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, no, it, unless you literally about to take them to Paris once a week, I, I just cannot understand how you want that much. So I was so afraid of like what my next steps were going to be. And when I saw that post, I just want to give Melissa her flowers because that is, you know, how we hear like sis. And w- first of all, the actual event was so lit. I had never seen, I-, I put that as my like defining moment. I had never seen a person that looked like me doing this entrepreneur thing. And also in the same age range, we're a year apart. We're not, you know, it's not like some, you know, much older woman or some younger social media star. It was like this girl that grew up was very regular and just was making it happen and figuring it out. And this girl was, I mean, Melissa was so transparent. Like I can't even... I can't even describe what it felt like to just get that level of honesty. Like, this is what I messed up on. This is what I didn't do right. Don't do this. And it helped me catch a multi... Let me, I got to look right at the camera with my new wig. It let me catch a multi-million dollar issue in a contract that I was about to sign. I would have been so happy to just sign that contract that I would not have looked over it to the level that I should have because I was just happy to be there and I was grateful for our opportunity. Uh, Melissa said, stop what you're doing. Have a few people look over it. And I am so grateful, you know, for that moment. Um, I ain't got a million dollars to give you, but I definitely am going to get you a glass of wine or some, some fries, a burger, <laughs> something like that. Well, I truly uh, appreciate it. I think it's a perfect segue into what why we're here, right? And what this podcast is. This podcast ahead, is... Bring it back, sis. All right. <laughs> Don't mind my dead body back here. We got to talk about this real quick. (laughs) My background ain't cute. I'm trying to get it there for you people. But don't mind this dead body. This is the, this going to be next week when y'all see this, this going to be up and it's going to be beautiful in here. Right now it's not. So I just need you to look forward and uh, give me some time. All right. God bless you. Go ahead, Melissa. I'm sorry. (laughs) This podcast, (laughs) just was crazy. This podcast, (laughs) um, is from, you know, two women, two entrepreneurs, a mother, a friend, a sister. Uh, we want to be the friends in your head, and we want to give you the real insight into this entrepreneurial journey. Um, 
and we're just grateful to be here. And we're going to kick off this episode talking about an entrepreneur and what is an entrepreneur, to find an entrepreneur. So the University of Google says, an entrepreneur is a person who organizes and operates a business or businesses taking on greater normal financial risk in order to do so. Then it says in quotations, many entrepreneurs see potential in this market. So I thought it would be great to see what the University of Google, I don't know about you, but I've also graduated from the University of Google. It's a trusted amen, source amen. for me. Um, so see what Google says and then define how we define what being an entrepreneur is um, and then just keep on going. So Jess? Yeah, yeah. For I think that uh, the greatest way to get into it, like we found some articles on the, on the topic. So we don't have to be the people who are saying what it is, right? You know, we know, we know how you girls like to tussle. I get it. Entrepreneurship is supposed to be about, you know, like they said, taking those financial risks, doing these things. I found this story um, that I thought was really, really, really interesting uh, through JP Morgan's like wealth management. And it was literally, and I mean, I, I think so many people have like kind of covered the topic. It's about black women becoming the fastest group of entrepreneurs. And, but there are hurdles that specifically block us because we are black and women at the same time, right? That that key word that that, that y'all people be like and to forget intersectionality, right? You like you can be both and subject to the marginalization that is attached to both groups and it impacts you in a very specific way. And then once you add class and other uh you know stigmas to it, it can stack the cards against you. And that's why I think for me, I wanna broaden the term uh, and the definition of what it means to be an entrepreneur because of how black women are specifically impacted in the business world, right? Like just because you are not the specific owner of a business does not, to me say that you are not an entrepreneur. I personally believe that wherever you go and you trade your labor for money, you are an entrepreneur. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think it any other way. Yes, you may not be a business owner, but you take a risk, right? Like if you go somewhere and you work there for 20 years, it is a risk because they can let you go at any time and you are devoting to a 401k and all the other uh, little acronyms that come with having a job because child, I don't know when I had my last job, I was just signing things to sign them. I probably got money in some account somewhere. I, I got to find out I am not the best. But <laughs> in general, like to me, how is that not risk, right? And I think like, hold on, let me get this little article up because of like, it was something specific in the article that like really uh, stuck out to me about how difficult the job was for black women as entrepreneurs. Um, clearly I need to pay to upgrade my um, little internet. It's okay. I got the article. <laughs> this is what I'm here for. Right. Yeah, see, let's so, sit together. <laughs> JP Morgan Wealth Management. The title of the article is black women are the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs, but the job isn't easy. 
right? And the article goes on to say that black women are the fastest growing demographic of entrepreneurs in the U.S., but they face disproportionate financial headwinds. Given a lack of access to capital, black women are more likely than other demographic groups to self-fund their businesses. To create a more equitable environment, the finance community must recognize the biases that exist in the investment assessment. So the article goes on to say we're growing fast, right? Black women are the fastest growing demographic again of entrepreneurship in the U.S. with nearly 2.7 million businesses nationwide. Let me say that again. Nearly 2.7 million businesses nationwide. But even with their growing presence in the business world, these, these women face disproportionate financial headwinds. Black women grew crazy. 50% from 2014 Amen. to 2019, representing the highest growth rate of any female demographic. Black females accounted for 42% of all women who opened new businesses during this time and represented 36% of all black employers. And they are not letting up. In the U.S., 17% of black women are in the process of starting a new business compared to 10% of white women and 15% of white men. Motives for creating new businesses include producing a source of income or following a dream. Listen. But there's this there's one more line. Hold on. All right, go ahead. Right? That, me, that really, it says, high rates of black female entrepreneurship may also reflect lack of opportunity in the traditional workforce. Many start businesses to survive rather than pursuing market opportunities. And this was said by Tosh Ernest, head of growth and entrepreneurship and financial health and wealth creation for Advancing Black Pathways at J.P. Morgan and Chase. One, I want to say shout out to Advancing Black Pathways at J.P. Morgan and Chase because I went to their kickoff dinner and it was amazing and they have really been doing the work. What was my um, I, I don't nah, know. Chase? Nah, Chase, <laughs> y'all big bucket. Y'all big bucket not inviting me. That was crazy. Yo, not y'all having secret secret Chase dinners and not inviting me. This no, was nah, a couple nah, years nah, ago. Nah. My this face? wasn't recently. Oh, okay, this okay. Was, this was I, when they first kicked it off. Oh, okay. I was about to be... Nah, but let me not talk too much because if I got invited and I didn't go, I'm going to be embarrassed. So, so let me pipe down, that. sis. Yeah, let me <laughs> humble thyself. Humble um, thyself. But no, in all seriousness, you know, even reading this article again, in being a black woman, right? We're doing the work. We're creating new new segments. We're creating new businesses. But I think because the lack of representation or the lack of opportunity within the traditional workforce, right? We're educated. We, you know, go to the best schools. We take care of our community. Like when you hire a black woman, we're not just there for the check. It actually, we tie it back into community. We tie it back into our networks. We're more likely and inclined to continue to have growth opportunities and reinvest for other people to, to be in a position to be better. Um, but we don't have access to capital, which makes it very, very hard. Extremely hard. Literally. I mean, I I don't, and, and I think that's why for the idea of what an entrepreneur, like I see that as a really real big starting point and opening it up, right? Because this is one of these things we gonna have to do ourselves and we going to need the, cur the corporate girlies 
to open up what their definition of entrepreneurship is because you could be having that money that you have in savings and you can be angel investing and you can be like, there are ways for you to make this money without you taking these specific risks that are tied to business ownership and flex that entrepreneurial muscle that you already have, right? Like the the reality is the they got a few locks on the system. And um, like, I was so, so, so excited to see like my friend in my head, Pinky Cole just did this, like this American sesh. And I have just been at the gates, like outside the, you know, like just watching from my little Instagram window on how she is establishing these connections outside the normal pathways, right? She could have went to a chase or a bank and created a program that that pushed and propelled her name forward. But she was like, let me gather y'all, mm-hmm. <laughs> put y'all in the same room and figure out what comes out of it. And I think like stuff like that is so important for us to undo and dismantle systems that's genuinely not meant for us. Like, it's just, it's it's not. Like, if I would have known at the beginning that the ceilings that were there were real, like, were, were, like, were built into the program, I think that um, I would have just approached things in a different way. And so I think the first start is definitely widening that definition of what it means to be an entrepreneur. Um, Also, this is going to be our absolute, you know, thing to Pinky Cole to say, you know, accept us in the next sessions. Like, (laughs) come on, come on. Don't leave us out. Like, we want to be down. You still my sister too, right? So she went to Clark. She she went to Clark. Clark. That's her CAU. That's the AU that is that AUC love is real. I had mad friends at Clark. Like I was on the strip a lot. I worked at Clark. Like it was it's it's a real thing. Um the men's is fine. I'm dead. But, uh, <laughs> it's a real it's a real, real, real process there. But it is it is, love, you know, I think you love. have some really good facts. I you know, people often ask me prior to opening up the park shop, what did I do? And I only had one job. Right. So I am an example of climbing the corporate ladder. I went into a company part time. I left that company as a district administrative assistant. So I actually went in working in the retail side, um, did that customer service, then got into supply chain management. And from there said, you know what? I really love like solving problems and fixing things. I did HR, human resources. Then from there said, you know, I want to I'm going to go for more. Um, and then became a district human, a district administrative assistant. And it was truly a reorg in the company, which a lot of corporations do, right? They cut positions or they want you to do more with less. And I decided, you know, like I worked too hard to go back into the store. That was just how I thought about it. And, um, I remember I waited to the last day. I think I had to like October 1st to take the severance, um, or decide I was going back into the store for a different position. And I was like, you know what? It's been a great, I think I was there nine or 10 years. It's been great. I'm going to keep going. Right. But what I did do was essentially I was an entrepreneur within Best Buy because we had did like a lot of segmentation stuff. We wrote out a lot of stuff for the company. Um, 
And I always say Best Buy was my first business school. Like they gave me the blueprint. When I opened my, when I started my business before I went to Columbia, I was like, oh, we're going to do it just like Best Buy. Not realizing I didn't have those bigger budgets. Um, right. <laughs> and I didn't have someone else who could be the representative for me. Like when you're an entrepreneur, you are the representative. So I didn't account for necessarily that. But the things that they did really well, I was like, oh, we, I'm going to replicate this. Right. Um, so climbing that corporate ladder is also important. And I don't want people to get caught up in this story of like, oh, you got to go out there and just be an entrepreneur and risk it all. No, if you are working at a great company and you can gain all of that experience and knowledge and continue to leverage that and grow, use that as your foundation first, right? Or use that as your Amen. platform and foundation to be an excellent executive. Yeah. Because there is so much value in that. And that's what the entrepreneurs, if you're an entrepreneur listening, you want to go out and hire the best people, right? And there's no greater talent than in these larger corporations. Because I always say they spent the money on legal. They spent the money on copy and like all that stuff. So this America, we're not reinventing the wheel. We're just throwing rims on it. Like, <laughs> seriously, they did it already. Go out and find the best people. Oh, you're responsible for that? This is my vision. This is what I'm trying to create. And, you know, both are equally as important. As that executive is climbing that ladder, as an entrepreneur, like a solo entrepreneur or a founder or starting a company, you're creating a muscle too. And they're both equally as important because you both bring things to the table that the other person may not have. And I know for me and being an entrepreneur and being so far removed from that corporate structure and lingo and, you know, things like that, I'm out here doing my own thing, right? I don't have to answer to anyone per se. So there's certain things that I'm like, when I'm talking to my friends in corporate, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. You know, like, these are the new trends. This is the new insight. We talked about a cadence. You know, I said cadence to Jessica. She was like, you hit me with these new terms. So, <laughs> nah, 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 nah. yo, Melissa will literally call you like, yeah, she is, you know, that that's her. I come from a more uh, creative angle, if that makes sense. Like, you know, I, I definitely understand and appreciate business, but... I think for me, I like appreciate money a little bit more than <laughs> specific business structure. I'm just being like, this is a, you know, keeping it real, right? It's a safe space. I appreciate that side of it more than like some super rigid structure. So sometimes when she'll bust out, she'll bust out with a term. And I'm like, oh, girl, all right, like, tell me what time I got to show up with my apron. Like, it's just so like, it's so together. I think that this is like a perfect, perfect segue because I found another article i think or you found it whoever found the article it was on um that glass ceiling actually being a concrete ceiling in these like for black corporate executives and so the article is by black enterprise you know we support black journalism uh the concrete ceiling perhaps is the new norm for black executives trying to climb a corporate ladder now that this article definitely is covering how like what black executives are going through when trying to like move up like i and i think it just strikes for me just your experience in a corporate structure and trying to you know elevate your career and kind of like hitting that concrete ceiling you know it's so interesting like even in us speaking and i think even in my last couple of weeks in my entrepreneurship journey, 
I never ever thought about what was impossible, right? I just always focused on, I wanna be the best, I wanna be around the best. Um, so now seeing these articles and, you know, I'm in an industry that <clears throat> when you go up to corporate, when you start looking at the corporate ladder and executives, it's less than 4% of, you know, black representation in the pet care industry. Mm -hmm. So, but I, I don't get bogged down in that, right? Like, because I think if we, sometimes we can hear these things and then you're just like, well, it's not even gonna happen for me, right? It's an easy way to just remove yourself from the equation where for me, I'm like, if not me, then who? You know, like I'm I'm going yeah. for it. Um, but it, it is, it's painful, right? Like even in hearing this article and reading this article, you know, in uh, the American Law Journal, the Daily Legal News website pointed out that black em black employees at the 50 most valuable U.S. corporations account for only 8% of the top executive positions in the companies. Jesus. Right? According to the Washington Post, the review stated that the while the glass ceiling discrimination also refers to the lack of women in corporate executive positions, numerous studies have found that promotion discrimination against black employees is even more entrenched Hence the term concrete ceiling when referring to the dearth of black, particularly black female employees in the C-suite. Counterintuitive, kind of right? Stomach. Like we just read an article that says black women are starting, you know, the most businesses growing rapidly, growing fast with lack of capital. But then the people that are climbing, trying to climb the corporate route, there's a concrete ceiling. So, yeah. you know, as a black woman is disheartening. Um, to to hear those statistics, right? Yeah. But then I think that also empowers and motivates these spaces, right? And yeah. if I've made it to this point, I'm gonna open up the door for someone else for that transparency because it's yeah. important. And I think too often we live in the world of like Instagram and like all of these like highlights, but it's like, mm -hmm. what did it take for you to get I there? I see what you did there. You see what I did there? <laughs> yeah no it's it's real i think i think it uh continues to kind of like push us and propel us forward into um what and how, what and why it's so important what and why why it's so important and what is so important about expanding the definition of entrepreneurship because these spaces there are certain levels of like lockout that um, occur. It's not to be afraid of them. It's not to be discouraged by them, especially if you don't want to own, you know, your own business. I think that you can still go for it and, you know, and climb and climb that ladder, but you do got to be, you, you have to know what you're up against. And you gotta you gotta scrap for it like you're an entrepreneur. I don't know nobody that works at a corporate job that doesn't give me entrepreneur vibes when they are talking about the fight that they're in to, you know, move forward or, you know, like or just expand or grow within their role. So I want us to like view what that means differently. So that we can all kind of help each other in that process rather than consistently either Xing one out for the other, right? Like if you turn to a group of quote unquote entrepreneurs to try to 
find uh, solutions to things and you can't find them, maybe it's in your corporate friends, right? Like Mm -hmm. you need to network within both areas. And um, I think that that is super duper important. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I look at all the great things that I've done, it's been with my friends, right? I didn't have money for marketing. Anything that you have seen that I've accomplished has been with my friends and family, right? And enrolling them in the vision to say, hey, this is what I'm trying to do. Who do we know or who do you know? Or can you introduce me to so-and-so? Everything that I have built down to the cages in my store when I first opened, I brought in my birthday building cages in my store, right? My friends are like, what do you need? We've had paint parties. I didn't have money to advertise on Yelp and Google. We were going out putting flyers everywhere, you know? So like, I think street team, guerrilla marketing, you have to look at who do I know? Who do I have? And sometimes what do I need? Because a lot of times I think as entrepreneurs or just people in the corporate ladder as well, we're so laser focused that we miss a lot of things on the sidelines. And especially in that corporate ladder, when you know people and you're like, hey, this is what I'm actually looking to grow at professionally, you want your friends to say, hey, my company is hiring for this and I think you'll actually be a great, I think you'll be a great candidate. But people can't know that if you don't say something, right? So like, I'm a firm believer in asking for what you want, putting out there like, these are my goals, right? Like if you know anyone that's aligned with my goals, or that could be a mentor that, you know, you think it would be great to have a convert, just a conversation, put it out there. Because I think culturally, we're so used to keeping things so close to us uh, because the vulnerability and what that looks like, it could be painful, right? Or like, like, I don't want someone to steal my idea or, you know, there may only be one position, right? So I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to chill, but I want to go for this thing, but I don't want to get excited about it or let people know about it because then what if I don't get it? But what if you do get it, right? That That's what I'm here to say. Like, what if you do get it? What if you could get in the room next to that one person, right? Because I will always say we're usually one to two people away from whoever we're trying to get to or whoever we're trying to speak to. So I hope that this also encourages you if you're listening to take the big steps and the big leaps, corporate or entrepreneur, or if you're, if you're in the corporate world, but you want to be a consultant, you have value. So, no, cause we gotta um, say, cause I feel, I feel uncomfortable. We're going to just say it. We got to, um, my computer setup is a little, is reflective of my environment a little ghetto and i had to uh we had to get me back in and they tried to take me out see that's the man trying to do this maybe it was rock nation okay so guys (laughs) what happened to jessica is a true reflection of entrepreneurship right and things just come at you from every way and we're just here to salvage it and roll with the punches because <laughs> we want to be real, right? And Jessica's computer yeah. had a little moment, but we're here. Um, and I hope that you enjoyed our conversation. I hope that you enjoyed this transparency and realness between two dope, dynamic individuals. Um, Thank you. 
And of course, that's what we're here for, right? If we don't do it, who else? If we don't see each other, who else gonna see us? You heard? Oh. So, yes, I hope you enjoy this episode of Not the Highlight Reel. And we're always gonna leave you with the tip. Um, I hope and what's you enjoyed tip, my wig. Jessica? I am dead. I hope you I, enjoyed I my wig. I really did. Listen, I got my first wig. I have not known how to act since. I, I I haven't. I've been flipping around to get things unnecessarily. I did not know y'all was having this much fun with wigs. When y'all was talking about wigs, y'all definitely left me out of how much fun it was. Like, oh my God. Okay, so, but this is my personal call before we give the tip. If you ever see my track showing, show up for me, sis. Show up for me. Don't let me go out. I have now, I have never in my life been so terrified of being in the middle of a conversation. Like a person can't even look up while they're talking to me now. Like don't look up while you're talking to me. If you see me outside, don't look up because I'm going to immediately be terrified. Like, oh my God, you can see, you can see where it don't blend. Like, don't do that. Even though Amy Cole, shout out to Adorn. Amy Cole hooked me up, right? It's, it's, it's looking like it's coming out the scalp, but it doesn't. So if you see my, if you see me lacking, you know, don't, 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 don't talk bad about your good sis. All right. So the closing tip of the day, <laughs> the closing tip of the day, this, this is a personal tip for me. Be very wary of IJ, IG device. Uh, what? Ooh, child. Let's say it again. I can't read. <laughs> if you have listened to episode one, you know that Jessica has, you know, some, she's working through her reading capability. <laughs> Uh, yo, <laughs> yo, nah. <laughs> it's just you know, it's a thing that happens from time to time. It's really the glasses. <laughs> I'm gonna just keep it real with you. I've been trying to come away and being cute, and I brought them glasses. I didn't buy my glasses. I'm very cheap, and uh, and they are a travesty. And so I can't wear them without being embarrassed. But I need them clearly because that sentence says. Be wary of IG advice. You have to make sure that you have a filter on your advice. One For me, the biggest one is a statement without a corrective action is criticism and not advice. If you're giving me advice, you're telling... A statement without an action is criticism and not advice. Without a corrective action. Like, if you are telling me my track is showing or, you, or you're making fun of me for my hair, looking, whatever, oh, it's not blind, like, oh, your roots is whatever. That, you're, you're criticizing me. Tell me, sis, use this wax stick when, you know, here, use these oils to get them baby hairs laid down. That there's a corrective action there, and now I can take it at advice. A lot of the stuff that I witness on IG just be criticism. Oh, you lazy because you don't wake up at six o'clock in the morning. That's why you can't feed your kids. You can't feed your kids because you don't make enough money. So here's a corrective action, right? Keep applying for jobs. Don't give up on yourself. Don't don't look down on yourself for not being where you want to be. There's corrective actions line and that's advice so when someone starts capping to you about what you need to be doing if they don't have actual real life corrective actions 
then it's not advice, it's criticism. And tell them to go do some things that I can't say on the the people's internet right now. Thank you for tuning in to Not The Highlight <laughs> Real. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Melissa's tips are so much more professional than mine. It's okay. Both are it's equally okay. as important. <laughs> um, <laughs> we look forward to joining you joining us for our next episode. And with that, we're over and out. Eo, see y'all later.